In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome back. This is a very special episode of Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. And Sarah, let them know why it is so special. Or should I say, scam Sarah, let them know. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't work as well, but we are so excited to be here with journalist, podcast host, Charlie Webster across the pond. Again, we love love having our British guests. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. I'm actually across the pond, but I'm in America. So does that... Does that count? Well, it still counts. Yes. You, We're going to count. We'll allow, we'll allow it. I, I think especially the way I sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a bit of a giveaway. <laughs> yeah. Imagine you're born like in the UK and you just talk like this. Like, that's no fun. <laughs> then we might have to do some digging on you. Like, like you're doing, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's true. My, my name definitely doesn't work with scam. Yes. Uh, well, I have. Charlie. <laughs> we have to talk about it because you're the host and you are the journalist behind this podcast. Do you say Scamanda or Scamanda? Well, how do you pronounce oh. What do you say? <laughs> well, this title is funny because we were you. Well, I was kind of. We were kind of using it as a joke initially, <laughs> not as a joke. Yeah. No, I suppose that sounds bad a working title. We, you know, I've, a working title because we've. You know, I've really made sure I've taken this whole project seriously and and looked at it from all angles as a journalist. But we used it, like you said, Danny, as a working title, um, because it just kind of came out, and so we call it Scamander rather than Scamander. So it's just Scamander. Oh, perfect. Oh, let's look at the latest cut of Scamander, you know. So, and then in the end, we, I, I mean, I remember it was so funny. I remember trying to come up with other titles and wrote about 20 other titles out. And we were just like, oh, these, none of these are nowhere near as good as Scamander. So Scamander. It really <laughs> is uh, such a perfect title for it because it it's like, gets you hooked and you're curious. And then, Thankfully for all the listeners or the people that are about to listen after this, you deliver such a detailed podcast and this like story is so, so many twists and layers to it. How did you first find out about this story and what also drew you to wanting to learn more about it? Danny, do you mind if I just comment? Because I really love what you just said about the layers because so your listeners and, and, and Scamander listeners understand is, is that's exactly done on purpose because I don't want to spoil it, but because by the end of it, you then understand the depth and complexity of what she's done. So, you know, some people are like, oh, why, why is it kind of going in this direction again? Why, you know, I don't want to kind of do, give too much away, but it's, it's to show how detailed and how nuanced the, what Amanda did was. Um, so going back to your question, I met a woman called Nancy who in general is an investigative producer. I mean, she worked on the O.J. Simpson case. She's been around for a long time and is just a crew crime producer buff. And she said to me, look, I've been, there's this case um, that 
I started to look into, but then it kind of became personal. So she was kind of telling me about it as a personal story. And then I was like, okay, let me, let me look into it. So I started to look into it. And then I said to Nancy, are you sure this is right? (laughs) Genuinely, I'll I'll admit it. I was like, "Mm, I'm not convinced because I was looking through years and years and years of Amanda's blogs. And at this point, they'd been wiped and taken down from the internet. Mm. So we'd managed to get hold of them. (laughs) I won't say no more. And and I was reading them. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm I'm not sure about this. So I did my own digging. And then came back to Nancy and went, oh, okay, you know, let's go through it bit by bit. And the reason why I kind of talk about Nancy is because Nancy actually is a character in the show in a way, because she started to look at it because she was just kind of, she put put a bit of a call out for, you know, who is anybody kind of scamming people and does anybody know people that you're suspicious about? And she got an anonymous tip about Amanda. This was... I'm talking years and years and years ago. This was probably like seven or eight years ago. And then as Nancy started to look into things with Amanda, Amanda found out about Nancy. And that's what I mean. It became personal. So then it, it wasn't for a, a story anymore for Nancy. That had kind of been and gone. This just became personal because Amanda turned on, a Nancy, on Nancy and called her the enemy mm. and blamed Nancy as the reason why there was suspicion against her and said that she was in cahoots with Amanda's husband's ex-wife. So it just became this, like, I know, it just became this, like, kind of mind-blowing, like, reality family drama. It literally is a true way. crime meets reality show. It, yeah, in a way. <laughs> it is wild. So I've been like binging the podcast uh, as much as it's out. And I just want to describe to our listeners what it's about without spoiling it. I feel like everybody, if you're listening to this podcast, you will love Scamanda and not just because we love a good pun here, but it's about this woman who like fakes, she fakes cancer. She starts posting about it all over social media. She has this blog. I feel like that was very 2013 era to do But there's also like a kind of financial component. I don't want to go deeper than that because it just gets wild. But uh, yeah, I feel like if you guys love this podcast, you will love Scamanda. Um, And Charlie, I wanted to ask you, what was like, how did you go about reporting this story? Like, who did you talk to first? And did Amanda find out about the podcast? That's what I was wondering about. Oh, Great question. Um, so, so yeah, Amanda did start all this via a blog, and she did start this in 2012. This is an old, an old story, though. This is how long it went on for. So she started the blog in 2012, and then this only just she only just um, came to her end. Let's just say that, mm. as in like the scam only just came to an end. So this is all very, very recent. Even though she started in 2012, and she used her blogs to capture thousands from all over the world, plus her her local community. So um, in terms of how I went about it, I started to um, just, you know, go through all the blogs, sit with Nancy. We started to look about uh, who, you know, kind of people mentioned in her blogs. So like names that was mentioned in her blogs and see if we could get in contact with them. And Nancy was already in contact with Amanda's husband's 
ex-wife. So then we spoke to her and started to download information from her and people that she might have known. And then I flew up to San Jose, actually, um, which is where this originally started, to speak to people and see what I could find out. And Amanda also did this through a church community and a mega church at that. So that's thousands and thousands of people that you've got. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of people that, um, that, you know, I mean, they called her the anointed one. So a lot of people that, that she really preyed on and they had so much faith and, and, and kindness and, and death, you know, really wanted to support this poor woman. Going to your question in terms of, um, did Amanda know? Yes. So, so Again, what I did was I flew to San Jose for Amanda's. Um, I'm just going to give it away now because it's the only way I can tell you what, what <laughs> about Amanda. Um, but she she did get sentenced, so I went to her sentencing and I met her there for the first time. So at this point, I've you know done lots of digging, worked with Nancy, spoken to various different people. And then when I was at the sentencing, I was looking through the list and there was a list of by the detectives and IRS of, I think, 350 something people that were registered as, as kind of victims and of her crime. But these were only the ones that gave money via the Internet, via a GoFundMe page. So this this um, didn't require this was nothing to do with the people that were in church that were giving money by cash or in-kind services. So, and then I went, I waited for Amanda later on and I went to speak to her as she was walking out a lot later when kind of everybody else had gone and and I just kind of introduced myself. So for the whole the whole time, I've actually been in contact with Amanda and she's known about this because I wanted to be upfront about everything that we were doing because I also wanted to give her, you know, as a journalist, I know that what, you know, she's, I just gave it away. She's sentenced. So what she's done is is against the law. And I know from speaking to so many people and a lot off the record too, there was a lot of people off the record that I spoke to that didn't want to go on record because they were scared. I mean, I mean, you kind of think, oh, wow, this, this woman's going behind bars, but you're still really scared of her. Mm. So you th- it makes me think of like, um, you know, narcissism or coercive control, where even though they may not have control of you anymore, because they've got into the very psyche of who you are in your head that that you know you feel scared so I've actually been up front with Amanda the entire time which has been really interesting because it means that she has communicated with me because I was like look I'm doing this this is who I am I'm an independent journalist though I don't have any connections to anybody here I'm not I'm not going after you this is just I just want to tell this story because it's really it's really compelling um and you know there is an element that it has a you know, it's kind of so interesting from a true crime perspective as you both yeah. like, thank you for listening to it. But at the same time, there is a, a moral to it in a way because, you know, I found out that that um, different, I can't give too much away, but different states um, police have been listening to our podcast because they've had various cases that they've heard of like this in the oh, area but they haven't yeah. been able to prosecute them so it's crazy the the impact it's having and and again I don't want people to listen to it and go oh my god I'm never going to believe anybody again because it's like <laughs> do you actually really know somebody Truly. I mean sorry do you know Danny do you know <laughs> I mean? like do you really know him like but at the same time we don't want to you know it's really I still really believe that 
we should believe people and be kind. Well, and I think it's such a fascinating layer to it because like you said, it happened uh, seven or eight years ago when it started. And that was, and it's crazy to think how much like social media and the internet has evolved from then. So now there's so many more people putting on personas that are public front facing that you kind of, you grain of salt being like, maybe that's put on, but that's them. Like maybe it's just them like smiling a little bit more, being more raw. But then you realize like, oh, people could totally just be duping you now multi-million times a day because there's like an Instagram and a TikTok and all these like digestible blogs that are now just spreading like wildfire for future people to do things like this. <laughs> yeah. And there is that kind of social engineering, social side, social impact, social side of it, because she started before TikTok existed. Um, Instagram, I don't think was really anything. Not was like it? That, it was yeah. more Twitter. Yeah, it was more Twitter. I remember what I was using. I think it was like Twitter was the big thing. And blogs, everybody had a blog, but there was credibility that went with that blog. So if you had a blog and a website in 2012, I mean, now everybody under the sun seems to have one. But (laughs) back then it was like, this person, you know, that's credibility. You know, this person must be real. And and that was before social influencing was Mm -hmm. a term. So, you know, Amanda had a lot of that influence. But now, like you said, Danny, I mean, you know, we, we constantly sit in, and, you know, I find myself sometimes, you know, if I'm studying the line of something, just scrolling through everything and looking at TikTok, looking at Instagram and reading people's stories. And we're just constantly on our phones and have that access. People have that access to us. And, you know, we, we know from Instagram that and TikTok that you can kind of roll a narrative about anything really without and it's- without having, you know, for example, for us and for, for me, when I'm making a story, I have to source every little thing. I have to cross check, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, for listeners, if you don't, if you've kind of never experienced this side of it, you have to cross check everything, every single thing to make sure that it's correct, to make sure that there's um, different sources around it, to make sure that that story that person's telling is is the narrative of of the story so then that's when you have to go and speak to other people that's why I was like in contact with Amanda and I was saying yeah. to her, you know like I'm, I'm making this story if there's anything you want to tell me I'm here if you want to so but you know on social media you can say what you want and and people accept it as true in a way yeah yeah and also look how you want I've met people I know people and I look at their social media and I'm like you do not look like uh, that <laughs> not quite and it's also insane to your point because we're on our phone all the time. Now people that you would see that you're like, oh, maybe you just like watch them on TV or like you read their blog like once a week when they publish it. But now people are in constant contact with people. The bond almost feels closer. So I feel yeah, people that can do does. these kind of little things of like, for a dollar, you can make your favorite person that's your best friend happy. And then you're like, wait, how did I just give like $20,000 to someone I don't know? Yeah. And it had... It's really sad that this is happening, but I think, I, I don't know, I think this has happened for a long time. It's just people using different tools, right, to, to get people. There's, I, I do believe that ultimately we are good overall as a society and the, the majority of people have great intentions, but there's always going to be those few, right? So this is just more access, more, you know, another tool to, to get into people. But there used to be that barrier, and it was harder to befriend somebody or to get money off someone. And But even back in 2012, when Amanda started this, 
I mean, you should see her blog is um, so people that haven't listened to it. Um, I actually used her blog throughout to try and get the reason why I did that. And I used an actress to, to be Amanda is, and I did have some real audio of Amanda in there as well, which is really interesting from different um, talks that she'd given or she, you know, often preached on stage. And, um, but with her blogs, I, I decided to do this. If anybody's interested in the inner workings of it, I sat there and I was like, okay, I could tell this as a, as a, retrospective reporting kind of story this happened um you know this is the result let me show you how it happened but I decided to go the other way because I wanted you to feel the what she did I wanted you to feel like she was taking you on a journey Mm. so I wanted you to get into her head and to understand how she did it and the complexity of it so you you hear her blogs throughout the whole show which shows you again she goes you know, I've got stage four cancer, um, you know, uh, like X amount months to live. And then the next minute she's in remission. Then the next minute she's pregnant. Then the next minute she's got stage four <laughs> cancer again. Yep. And so I wanted you to feel that journey that people felt on the other end that were violated by her. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, Good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, I'm curious and... Let me know if this is a spoiler, but do you feel like this started off as a financial scheme or it was just like a ploy for attention that kind of spiraled out of control? Or something I think, else? Yeah, I don't think it was finances at all. So, and I, again, going back to the title, actually, I was, okay, this is a great title, but I was, the reason why I was trying to think of something else was like, because I don't think scam does it justice? Because it wasn't just a scam. There was so much around it. Um, you know, sorry, you mentioned family and, and reality. Like there's a, a huge family element of, of this. Um, you know, through Amanda's cancer, she actually ended up getting custody of her husband's daughter, mm. you know, and, and that really for a while destroyed the, the, mother, the actual mother's life. So there was so much within this as well. I mean, like, you know, one woman ended up giving plasma because she didn't have any money but wanted to support Amanda. So she gave plasma. So oh. it was so much more than financial. And if it was financial, I think she could have probably taken more. But she's very clever, though. I mean, she she did this for years and years. So I think, you know, taking money over time is is less... I don't know, less alert, right, than taking like $2 million at one point. But I think it was attention. And I've actually found out a few things. <laughs> this is a total spoiler. Ooh, okay. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yes, okay. Um, I'm terrible. I'll just kind of like blab about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I do know that this was going on before. Um, oh. So I, so which, may, which confirms that I think it was all along an attention thing a way to um you know she exaggerated everything so it wasn't just the cancer she exaggerated 
and you do hear this in the podcast, she exaggerated her education, her achievements. So for me, it was all about that praise and attention. Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, the money became a really nice thing along the way. Interesting. I have, I I don't, I don't answer this because I feel like it's a spoiler, but I'm very curious to hear like, like how, like what her immediate circle knew like you know when she's shaving her head is like does her husband know this is a scam but don't tell me but i'm just i'm very curious (laughs) i can't wait no comment (laughs) okay (laughs) what i am wondering because of course like this podcast a lot of people are being so drawn to it and are listening to it i'm sure there's even people that like relate to it like you said even like investigators in certain areas like oh we now are getting potential to catch people that are doing it have you been reached out to by people like and been alerted of more things like this going on? I, of course, I don't know if you're looking for like some new uh, season two, season twos or anything <laughs> like that. But have you have you been inundated with a lot of people like he, just wait and I have to tell you about this person? Um, in a nutshell, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've been contacted by a lot of Amanda's community as well. So people that I mean, I. You know, look, I was making this for a long time. So, you know, definitely at least eight, 18 months putting this together. And, you know, I met a lot of different people. And then Nancy had been d- digging into this before. And actually, <laughs> I feel like I'm spoiling loads, but I, I, Amanda actually ended up suing Nancy and hmm. um, taking her to court for accusing her of, of not having cancer. So there's mm-hmm. also this whole kind of underbelly. And so there was a lot of people that I, you know, I could piece, you know, it's a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, piece things together and get in contact with people. That person's mentioned on that blog. And um, there's a picture of somebody there. And um, that person was mentioned from Amanda when she was, I don't know, in court against Nancy, da, da, da. But since the podcast has come out, I've been contacted by loads of people from Amanda's past before the blog um and we've got a few surprise bonus episodes for everyone Ooh. um yeah so there was a lot of people contacting me to do with amanda um some that i originally tried to get that wouldn't speak that are now telling me things a few that i spoke to off the record who back, got back in contact and a few people that i didn't know about and or a few people i knew about but i just couldn't get hold of they just wouldn't return my calls and it was because they were scared or they thought that this might have actually been Amanda <laughs> trying to do something mm. so they didn't quite trust so it took me a lot to try and get the trust of these people but there has been quite a few people that have contacted me from uh, yes to do with other people that they think are scamming so I'm already because this has been hugely popular and I'm so grateful and you know thank you for everybody listening and it was such a pleasure to see People consume it like they have because I really believe that this was such a fascinating story myself. Obviously, otherwise I wouldn't have made it. But you never know, right? I'm like, I could think it's the best thing since sliced bread and then I put it out there and nobody thinks the same as me. So it's a real pleasure as a creator to have people consume it like this. Um, but I am already like, oh my God, I need to make a season two. <laughs> so I, I am looking into a few different um, stories, but then you're like, oh my God, why do people I was looking at something I can't really I can't say what it is the other day and I was like what it, it was beyond 
I mean, um, the, Amanda Scamander is totally unbelievable. I think it's a totally mm-hmm. unbelievable tale. If I wrote that for a, a drama, you'd think it was a little bit far fetched. Yes. Right? But it's, <laughs> it's a, tr- you know, there's nothing, there's nothing more than, you can't create anything more than truth, right? I think. I think some of the best stories are true stories um, mm-hmm. and human behavior. But um, yes, there's some, I've been looking into things and I'm like, gosh, I can't believe people do these things. Things. And I think that's what interested me about Scamander so much was I find the whole thing just really fascinating from a human behavior psychology point of view. Because you're like, what was the, you know, sorry, you asked about the motivation, but then what keeps you going? Because there were so many times when I looked at the timeline of everything. So I kind of created this whole crazy timeline yeah. of when she could have stopped she could have stopped and got away with this whole thing many, many times when the police started to look into her and it took them years to try and catch her out. But she turned the heat up. I feel like what we've covered a lot of scammers and it seems almost like a pathological thing they can't stop. Because mm. there is always a point where if you just do a small little scam and then retire, like probably no one's going to find out. Probably you'll get away with it, but they just can't can't stop and keep escalating it too yeah, it's like they can't help themselves pretty much it's the rush it's like almost like that's what they crave they crave the like heightened experience and the oh people are onto me but they'll never get me type of thing it's almost like they paint themselves into a corner with that yeah yeah i i think i can really see that with with amanda and i also think from all, from speaking to her because again she's you know to paint a picture this isn't somebody who is horrible or nasty or comes across in a kind of aggressive way. This is somebody who, honestly, if she was chatting to us now, you'd be like, oh, she's so lovely. And you'd kind of forget what she'd actually done. And I think that's how she did it. But she's very, very likable, very likable. You know, I'm speaking to her and I'm like, oh, hi, Amanda. And then I'm like, remember what, (laughs) you know, because she's, she's she's very endearing and very lovely. But I also think it's the point of, you know, I'm trying to think to relate it to ourselves. You know, sometimes you you say something and then you then you can't really go back on it because otherwise you kind of dig yourself in a hole. And if you go back, you on embellish it, a story, yes, and you're, yeah, and you lose face. Right? If you think of a grander scale, and again, I'm not justifying it. I just find the psychology so interesting. If you think about it, once it got to a point, how would you go back on that? You just have to keep going. You have to keep mm-hmm. telling yourself. And I do. Hundred percent, honestly, believe that she believes her own story. I really do. I've spoken what? to her. No, I, re- I, I. J- you think? Wow, that's cr- yeah. Sorry, I'm just in disbelief. No, I'm like, yeah. how do you think you have cancer when you just like objectively don't? Yeah, good question. When you okay, I'll like keep that. listening. I'll keep listening. No spoilers. Yeah, no, I, I honestly think she, she. I honestly think she believes her to an extent. I think deep down she doesn't, but to an extent, to because. If you admit it now, how do you face everything you've done? So actually, it's like a self-protection me- mechanism. You, If you keep on saying it and saying that and blaming everyone else, then you can, vi- you can then become the victim yourself. Mm. And I think that's what she's doing. And, and that is a behavior that we sometimes see. That's kind of narcissistic behavior. So because if she faces herself, how is she going to face herself, basically? I feel like 
we have Amanda is a scammer. And I think at least in the US, there's this really big cultural fascination right now of female scammers, particularly like Elizabeth Holmes and Anna Delvey's kind of having a sort of like rebrand moment. Yeah. And, <laughs> so what do you make or what what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, when I first started to look into Amanda, I thought Anna Delvey straight away and Elizabeth Holmes. They're the two <laughs> people. I was like, okay, because obviously I'd, you know, I'd read about their stories or watched their stories. Um you know, I think I think sometimes again it's this old-fashioned thing where we've always looked at men in terms of crime and um, you know doing these things. But I think women have for a long time it's just perceived maybe in a different way. And you know, I'm for women 100% in every you know as a woman in this industry, it's hard. But you know, I'm also for men. But at the same time women do do these things too and and I think with a different a different touch um because I think there's again <laughs> this perception that women are these like you know oh weak, weak things and they can't do mm-hmm. you know and um, which is totally absolutely bonkers but I, th- I wonder why why we still have that perception and again I'm very for women but at the same time women <laughs> Uh, you know, my God, some of my worst bosses have been women. Let me tell you, <laughs> not men. So I think again, it's this, it's this thing that we like to think, you know, that's what women are. But actually, I mean, like women are extremely clever, and sometimes that can be used and, and men. But they are, and I, again, it's the old-fashioned, fashion ridiculous thing. And you know, women sometimes use their female charm to try and manipulate the male the male side of things, which is exactly what Anna Delvey did. And again, if I look at Amanda, I'm not sure, I'm not sure a, a male um, would have been able to do that, to be honest, because I think Amanda used that very um, feminine side of her. I think she used the motherly side of her too. 100%. Yeah, she's got, She's got two. She's got two biological children now, and which she had during this process. Again, I think I mm. think I mentioned it that she um <laughs> she did say that the a baby, one of the babies, was um you know a miracle. Um, I, I I nearly said something else, but I didn't want to give it away then, so that's why I was kind of like ah, quick, quick final <laughs> Good save. It's so hard, yes. you know, when you've got so much information in your head. I know. To kind of like edit it so that I don't spoil everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know, why? You're in luck. Yeah. Our our listeners are true crime, like through and through. They're gonna binge the. They're, like they, they probably already, if they have not already, they're gonna be binging the entire thing with us. So okay, like good. you are no <laughs> no no worries about spoilers. But I loved your point about that because me and Sarah we always get so fascinated because like, you know how there's like the Ponzi scheme. Yeah. We found out like there's women who were doing that before Charles Ponzi, but they just never called it after them. And we're like, let that be named after <laughs> Exactly. Adele, Adele in Europe and Sarah Howe in Boston really were yep. leading the charge of that crime. Exactly. Let, let us have these titles, whether it's good <laughs> or bad, you know, give us female leadership, but also let us own our crimes because yeah. because yeah. we're clever. Yeah. We can do this stuff too. Because that's, the, it's almost more like those two ladies that we were discussing, they they did it in such like, and they did so many more like in-depth, longer in the community stuff than Ponzi. I'm like, it's such a 
different fascination of the approach of their tactics too. Yeah, like you're and that's why that's why this you know from the very beginning when I started to look into it, the depth. I mean, just just from her blogs, they're not blogs that say you know oh I really struggled today going to the store. Um, you know, when I'm going back home and I've got to look after the children, I'm not feeling very well, I feel sick. You know, it's not that. It's the emotional, intimate stuff. But it's also really detailed accounts of what medication she's taking. Of, of she, she put things out there that actually inspired other people that, or, or the families that were going through this. So it was so detailed. I mean, I wouldn't be able to... You know, we've, I, I really believe that we've all sadly been touched by cancer in some way, whether it's to ourselves or to our family. Um, so we do have, it's something that we have a knowledge of worldwide, right? But I wouldn't be able to, to write that. It was so detailed and every little fact was true. And she did actually go to hospitals and have, have quote unquote treatment. So, oh yes, yeah, so, I love watching. I love it when your, rea- your reactions. <laughs> like how, like, she didn't just write about it. She went to hospitals. She went to the clinical trials. She flew to New York. She was sat there on an IV drip. She took those photos. She shaved her head. It was very, very detailed. She mimicked the um, symptoms of cancer. She fainted one time in church and was taken away from by an ambulance. There, there was so much that is so detailed that it, it wasn't just this kind of surface, surface level thing. And, you know, a lot of people said to me, um, I, can't, I don't understand. Like, I, this is not the Amanda I know. I, can't, I still can't believe this. It was, it was people that believed her right up until the very last second, even though she was being investigated. Oh. People still believed her because she... Actually, I'll leave it for the podcast, but she created a new narrative that that people believed, which was totally plausible because she'd fact-checked it. Again, very, very, I keep saying it, but very clever. I mean, it was extremely detailed that it was very, very hard to catch her out. Even when the police were investigating and they knew she was doing it, she carried on doing it and they couldn't do anything about it because they had no proof because of how how much she crossed, you know, the T's and dotted the I's. You couldn't find any evidence because it's not illegal to lie. So they had to find something to prove. And it was really hard because she's that smart. The other thing is you don't want to be that asshole who is accusing someone of faking cancer. And I think that's like a huge pillar of this is just relying on everybody else to be too afraid to call you out. Exactly. You just hit the nail on the head because as if you're, firstly, as if you're ever going to doubt anybody. That says they've got cancer. Mm-hmm. Never mind, like accuse them. Why would you ever doubt? I doubt somebody of saying, of saying that. And and again, I, I emphasize like there was pictures on the blog, so you could not just read it. You could physically see that she had cancer. You know, she and see the amount. Yeah. Yeah. So so why would you even question it? And then even when people were, the you know when Nancy came in and a few people, oh, okay. And and the and there was rumors about the police. They thought that she was being targeted. And how could a mm. poor woman that's got cancer that's done all these amazing things? Because she did raise money for charity. She did help survivors. She did help inspire people. And you know she was a local celebrity, and she people gravitated towards her 
They felt good around her. So why would you even question that? And I know you said there are people that believed her until the last second. Do you feel there are people that, like you said, she still believes everything that happened to her happened to her? Do you think she has people out there that are still like, she's been now being duped by XYZ. I still believe everything she says. Do you think there is still a subsection of society like that? I think that there's a few people I spoke to that were very, I I was surprised. um, It's going to make me sound bad now, but I was surprised how caring and forgiving they were and and Mm. saw her, her act of what she's done separate to her as a person or their friendship, which you know, again, it might just be me, but I'd find that very difficult. But I'm the sort of person that, you know, <laughs> I'm, um, if somebody does something to me that, and it's a lie, I find it very hard to, I'm going to sound like I'm a real non-forgiving person, but I find it hard because it's like a, I, I find that very hard to build a trust again. Um, so 100%. yeah, so I don't, you know, but there are a few people that, um, you know, are there for her despite um despite it um which you know good if that you know there's no judgment if that's what they feel is the right thing to do then you know absolutely um I think I'm I'm trying to kind of think about your question because I do think there are a few people and I but I do know that there's people that still that kind of believe it on a factual level but just can't understand you know still find it hard to get their head around it because the Amanda they knew is not the Amanda that, say, we're talking about. So again, isn't it interesting that there's two sides of, two sides of somebody or many sides of somebody? Because there's, um, you know, and like I said, I've spoke to so many people. Plus, I'm still speaking to people during this the, the release of this podcast because all sorts of things are coming out, and I'm trying to create some bonus material for for listeners and fans. But you've got this, like, you've got two camps. You've got one camp that are like, you know what? I knew something was. I knew there was something, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And then you've got another camp that I like, absolutely no way. Absolutely no way did that person do that. I I can't believe it for a second. I also think the unfortunate benefit of people who scam and have these qualities, you will never be at a lack of bonus material. Because even (laughs) just... Because, um, wait, Sarah, what was the update with Anna Delvey this, like this week alone? Last week she had an update because she's also she making her always, own podcast. I, so she's now competing with all of us. I want to know the news because, <laughs> come on, Anna Delvey, what are you doing? Um, like, I couldn't believe that when I heard that. But but I want to hear what do you. But I can because I'm also like, of course, she has a podcast. Like, of course, I'm surprised she wasn't recording one from prison. Like, <laughs> What is the latest news this week? So the latest is that her former attorney is claiming in a new lawsuit that she did not pay $152,000 worth of legal bills. Um, And so her attorney, Audrey Thomas, claims in a lawsuit filed in Manhattan that Anna also made false allegations about her then attorney in order to basically avoid paying her fee, which feels very typical. And this all has to do with uh, how basically... Anna Delby served two years in prison, then was released on good behavior, but then detained by ICE like immediately for overstaying her visa. And uh, so Anna fired her attorney in 2022 and sued her, claiming that she had withheld records on her criminal and immigration case. But her attorney's lawsuit says that Anna owes her astronomical legal fees 
But the interesting thing about all this is that her Thomas, her then attorney, was disbarred in November for allegedly robbing an elderly client. So I'm like, maybe these two are peas in a pod. What? Oh, where's the more info on him? I know. I need more info on on this on this lady. But we need to find that lady. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like that's the tea. That will be our <laughs> next podcast. Talk about see, and that's exactly it. Women can scam scams. So that's two girl bosses bossing together. There, that is crazy. <laughs> I can't believe she's after all this. Well, I can't believe it that she's doing that. But then she also gets a. I mean, maybe I'm being a hypocrite because I gave Amanda a platform, but in a way, I was trying to also tell her story. But it's kind of I don't know. Well, I think what's interesting, too, is like, because the Anna Delvey, like, for some reason, no one's, it seems like no one's, like, taking her seriously in a way. Like, I think no one, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who's going to exalt a woman who faked cancer because that is just such a low that I think universally we're all, like, absolutely not. But with Anna Delvey, because she kind of grifted from mostly rich people and probably her race plays into it, too. Like, she just seems to be... I don't know, not really affected by this. Yeah, I think that there is an element where at the end of, I remember, you know, getting to the end of that story and for some reason you do want to point root for her because of that exact thing, because it's like that Robin Hood story in a way. Yes. Where, where she took, you know, she took a and lot it- of money off. I was going to, you know, we go back to the story of like, um, you know, people don't see women is giving them credit to do this, but she did it. Yeah. She did exactly that. She used her female charm and men fell for it. And they, and she, and now she almost, it's, it's almost like she went the longest way to get exactly what she wanted at the start, because now she is like full on a New York socialite with all these business deals (laughs) in her own regards. Like it's kind of, it's like, it's like, was this was this also the entire long plan? I think I need to commit a fraud to like launch my career right now because I'm <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with my life. So I, I'll do a quick stint. Yeah, and do then that, I'll and then out. I'll give, and then I'll be one of the special, like on the record people to tell yes, Charlie all about okay, you. Okay, deal. <laughs> it's, it's a done deal. <laughs> Please, listeners, don't try and scam people. Yeah, don't do this at home. Good thing to do. (laughs) Do not try this at home. No, but what you can do at home and what you should do at home is listen to Scamanda because it really, I mean, it is so, of course, like the story is so compelling and you get so drawn into it, but also the way that you have created the podcast and tell the story and everything is just so impeccable and professional and it's like so amazing to absorb and listen and that's why we're so happy that you took some time to talk bless you thank you so much that was such a lovely way you said it there Danny thank you I really appreciate you having me on and thanks everybody for listening again it's a real it's a real pleasure and and continuous enjoyment from you know I I look back sometimes and there's times I sat there and I was like late at night Sat there going, where, where do that bit? No, that that's got to go there. How can I make it link to that? And then having you know everybody listen to it, and and you both speak about it so enthusiastically, it's just like yes. So thank you, thank you so much. And I mean, I know what you guys are going to do right now. If you have not already done, is go download Commanda because it really is so 
we're obsessed. I feel like we might even like down the line after coming. We'll we'll do our own episode on her. Maybe who knows? But I feel like we won't <laughs> we won't do it justice. So maybe we shouldn't. But um, Def, check that out. But also, if you guys have any other episode ideas for us, always put it in the group, not another true crime group, or DM it to us at not another true crime on Instagram, or you can DM it to me, Sarah Lamine, or me at Cashmere Danny Cashmere with a K. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico, Sean Kilby, and Rebecca Sosmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send all of your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.